Hello and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can follow me at Jokes on Drew. What you heard up top was just a piece of the absolute carnage provided by The Night Comes For Us, one of the two Asian action films we'll be focusing on for a very special showdown episode of the Nomcast that we will call the Asian Action Film Face-Off. Squaring off with The Night Comes For Us will be the newly released action crime thriller from South Korea, Time to Hunt, featuring actors from the Netflix originals Okja and Psychokinesis. These are very different, but very violent, very well-crafted films that I simply could not decide which one I liked the most, so I brought on some cinema assassins of my own to help me work this out. On the pod today is my frequent collaborator from the film blog Arguing With Myself, Chris Rodell, and from the film and TV podcast Media Mosh, making his debut with us today, Shane Beauregard. Be sure to check out their work by searching for Media Mosh on your favorite podcatcher or looking up Arguing With Myself on Facebook or pintacomics.com. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, The Nomcast, wherever you may be listening. And be sure to check out our brand new website, nomcastpod.com, where you can check out our latest episodes, our new media kit, and a little bit more about yours truly. All right, it's decision time, everyone. Who's going to win? South Korea's Time to Hunt or Indonesia's The Night Comes for Us? This is a fun one, folks. Here we go. Give a listen. All right, everybody, in this corner, he is a film critic under the moniker Arguing With Myself and a member of the triad still checking his inbox for his Six Seas party invitation. It's Chris Rodell. Woo! (laughs) Thank you for returning, sir. Thank you for having me. And in this corner, hailing from parts unknown, that's what I call North Carolina, a man who knows the answer to the age-old question, which is more dangerous, a South Korean gambling house or a North Carolina waffle house, <laughs> from Media Mosh, it is Shane Beauregard. All right. Hello out there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. No problem. Uh, Thank you for having us. Such great intros. I appreciate that. I work very hard. <laughs> Not on those, but uh, that happened like a few minutes before. So, but you know, like I keep saying, I'm a pro. So this I was going to answer that question real quick. I would rather go to a South Korean gambling house than a North Carolina <laughs> Waffle House. <laughs> it's true. I, they didn't have a kitchen though that I noticed in the heist. So I'm going to wonder if they actually, if it's like an a la carte, can you bring? Is it BYOB? I don't know. They had waiters, but you know, it's tough. Uh, but thank you guys for doing this. I am uh, very excited. Um, it, it's so funny when we were doing the extraction episode, I think I mentioned the night come f- comes for us and time to hunt more than I probably did the name Chris Hemsworth. It was like, hey, you want to see some real shit? Let's oh. do this. And then uh, amongst that interview, because uh, I was talking to friends of yours, uh, uh, John Amenta from Planet yep. Comics, he was saying, I was like, oh, yeah, we, we should get to that soon. Like, I really want to do that. He's like, hey, you know, it's your show. You could do whatever you want. And I was like, <laughs> goddamn right. All right. So here we are, guys. It's the first episode oh. after Extraction where uh, obviously a lot of people are watching Extraction right now. It's got these huge numbers super popular and what they might not know is that 
uh, that movie is biting the hell out of everything coming out of South Korea and Indonesia, places that uh, Christopher Dell obviously has been as he is our international ambassador. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, and, and Shane, uh, you were the person who actually kind of was my entry into this. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of like the Raid movies. And obviously, The Night Comes for Us is that kind of like follow up to those type of movies. You know, a lot of the same people. And I didn't know this existed. And you, you tipped me off to that. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big fan of The Raid myself. And I, this isn't scientific or anything, but a lot of the time I'll choose a movie by the, the cover page or artwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just saw it and I was like, well, this seems interesting. And it was that. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> And especially like uh, I, I, anytime I see the name Ito, I suddenly turn into Dana Carvey doing his impression of like the oh, OJ yeah. trial. Yeah, Ito, it's just three little letters. Uh, so like, <laughs> he just gets into the whole Lance Ito thing. It's perfect. Oh, um, so anytime I see it, that I think was a hard, a weird hard sell uh, for me on that one. But. There seems to be a lot of these movies. I've, I've recently started watching, Shane, you and I were talking before uh, Chris Law had done about like Revenger and some of these other films that uh, I've started to notice. Uh, there's a John Woo movie on, on Netflix. There's a Crouching Tiger sequel on Netflix. There's a bunch of different titles that if you wanted to go straight, you know, Kung Fu or just ultra-violent Asian films, there's a ton. Oh yeah, there's there's a laundry list of them, so there's no shortage of that. You just gotta fish around for them sometimes. Now, I will just say this before we get into the matchup: Do you have one that you particularly like, maybe even more than the ones we're doing today, that is on Netflix? If you can think of one, or if something that's close, maybe something to recommend for the people. Well, uh, we were discussing earlier. It's it's been on Netflix for a long time, and I hope it's still there. But I saw The Devil is one of my favorite movies on Netflix right now. And it's in the same vein as it, it curbs more towards the night comes for us, but it's a, it's, it's a weird kind of in between the two movies we're going to talk about today. So yeah. it, if you haven't seen that, I would highly, highly recommend seeing that movie, but it's not for the faint of heart. Right? No, not at all. Uh, Have you seen anything, Chris, uh, that you can recommend that's not any of these ones here? I don't see stuff. I don't watch until <laughs> I'm, I'm told to watch something. Yes, exactly. Now, <laughs> you need an assignment. No, I find it funny that uh, usually when I want to find something, I'm scrolling through Netflix. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, that sometimes, I don't know if it's the setting I have, but <laughs> right. I have to go in a search yeah. to find some of these movies. Uh, especially like, you know, new Netflix or sure. originals or Netflix uh, added movies. You go online uh, or you go through the, uh, the search through all the new releases and yeah. you come up with nothing. So then you have to go in the search engine and yeah. you hope that you have the right name. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't belabor the point, but like we mm. talked about this before. I have a Netflix podcast. <laughs> I'm yeah. watching all their originals. You would think any original that comes out on that Friday or whatever yeah. release date, it should be the first thing in my queue of like, of course, what's trending or we suggest this to you. Never, nope. never. Unless it's like something super high profile where it's the first thing that they would put on anyone's screen. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like the Irishman or something. But like, other than that, absolutely not. It's what are we doing here? Yeah. Right? I, 
I, I'm, I'm kind of similar. Like if it comes out on Netflix, I usually try to watch it, especially the more popular ones. But in some cases, I just refuse to watch a movie <laughs> based on the trick. Like the perfect example is that cream, Kareem and coffee. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Coffee and cream is awful. Yeah. I saw the yeah. trick. I'm like, there's no way I'm not getting, I don't care if it's number three right now. I'm not doing <laughs> yeah. it. I'm yeah. Doing it. So what's well, the same thing with that dangerous lies that, movie that came out like last week or whatever it was too and i was just yeah. like this is not my thing uh this looks like a lifetime movie i'm not even gonna try and they're like oh but it's number four today i'm like i don't give a flying <laughs> fuck what it is today uh i am not going to watch this movie but yeah i'll do something stupid like watch you know the first 20 minutes of the main event a child's uh you know wrestling movie just yes. to see like is there something cool about this no i should have no. never done that i don't know what i was thinking um, but you know, I have a lot of wrestling friends and, uh, I, right. I don't know if you guys, uh, launch into that category. Shane, I believe you might be, but I grew up a huge wrestling fan, but yeah. honestly, I kind of dropped watching it ever since like the attitude era was over Okay, with stone cold and the rock. Sure, I kind of yeah. ceased watching yeah. it then, but, yeah. uh, speaking of that old wrestling shows, the, uh, my kids got me to the boss, the big boss show or whatever that yeah, is, yeah, the boss yeah. man show. That's that. Yeah, so I right, sorry. Yeah, the big show show. Yeah. Um and I actually think he's pretty funny. Like I've seen him in some other USA shows that he like popped on and whatever. So I was like, oh okay, he can act. So I'm sure it's fine. But uh that's why I would have been better off trying to watch that versus (laughs) the main event (laughs) because I'm I'm what am I relying on the Miz? I don't give a shit. Uh (laughs) so it's not gonna happen. It's funny, the big show, his show, uh when I saw the uh the preview of it, it looked like full house had more edge yeah right you know yeah mm-hmm. and well, this is like, what oh wwe's God. doing now they they just come up with these properties that they could try to sell to their age bracket so they got to kind of ride that line between trying to be like hey we're cool and edgy but we're not gonna swear and it's gonna be squeaky clean at the same time so it's gonna for guys like us it's like just avoid at all costs yeah. unless you have like kids who are like twisting your arm or something but thank god my kids aren't there yet and haven't gone that although my son has cold cocked me in the face a few times so maybe he's close i don't know Oof. so we've all been there where your kids are all at your your penis height for a long time and you're just yep. constantly just dodging nut shots for like a few years there so i'm in i'm in the throes of that right now i hug my daughter on an angle <laughs> yes <So>. exactly <laughs> Daddy's not going down. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> but somebody is going to go down in this matchup right here. Ding, ding. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to get that sound clip. Uh, maybe I'll just take yours and just yes. uh, replay it throughout the whole thing. Um, ding, ding. <laughs> I'm also happy uh, that Chris provided uh, the swimsuit uh, version of this uh, where you're holding around the cards uh, for everybody. I, yeah, uh, yep. I enjoy your outfit. It's very nice. Oops, These are the nipple. fun jokes you can make when people can't see us. It's good times. So what I'm going to do, because uh, Shane is a first-timer here uh, on the NOMCAST, we will start with you, sir, um, And c- especially because this is a newer movie. Uh, right. We're going to do Time to Hunt. And this movie, I uh, knew the backstory that you know there was a lot of buzz about it because this movie wasn't supposed to be a Netflix movie. Netflix acquired this in the pandemic. Uh, this was a casualty of the pandemic where it couldn't get the release that it wanted to. Uh, the Lovebirds, uh, an American film, is also going through that right now where that'll be out in a couple of weeks. We should be covering that. And 
Time to Hunt, I heard positive reviews before that. Like it had a big buzz coming out of South Korea at the time. So it was kind of like, oh, let me see what this looks like. And immediately I saw the trailer and I you know, read all the early reviews and I was like, oh, I really hope this is good. And I was fucking blown away. Spoiler for everybody. Uh, we're doing this podcast because I literally am having a hard time kind of deciding which part of my brain I like more, like gory violence or or a great heist cat and mouse game. So with a bunch of gory violence. So like whichever one we're going to do, but the uh, time to hunt is basically what I was just describing. This is, you know, it starts out kind of as a, a buddy uh, heist film in a, in a tough kind of... I wouldn't call it a post-apocalyptic, but it's definitely some kind of like alternate timeline South Korea where they're, you know, where the, the, their value of their, uh, yen, not yen, right? No, no. no What's no, their current, yen. whatever their currency has fallen uh, to the wayside. Base credits. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but you know, so basically everything's gone to the wayside. Uh, there's people constantly striking. It's kind of a police state, you know. So you know, it's North Korea. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, the, so uh, it's an alternate timeline, South Korea, where obviously things have completely gone awry. There's no businesses open. A lot of violence and crime, and people trying to escape the way it currently is. Uh, and this is where it enters, where three or four, depending on your uh, version of, of the movie four friends kind of get together and plan kind of like a one last score, which is also something in the action films that I absolutely love that one last score. Cause yeah. you know, it, it's, I'm sure I'm, you know, cause everybody is like, no, I'm going to try to talk them out of it. And then it's like, no, let's just do it. It's, oh, yeah. I always love that. I will yeah. always come back to that. Um, what can go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> says the guy who just got out of prison uh not you shane but obviously <laughs> our character here so shane's been out of prison right exactly <laughs> it explains the under armor so the, <laughs> so this movie has a lot of the elements of things that i liked and i was very impressed with a lot of it so make the case for for this part of my brain shane tell me why i should pick time to hunt uh in this show off that we have right now Okay, so let me just be totally transparent with everybody here. Uh, this, this movie has a runtime of about two hours and 21 minutes or so. Yeah. So initially, it, it, it's a slow burn, and it took me a while to get into this movie, to be quite honest with you, because this movie has like three different tonal, shift, tonal shifts in it. Yes. You have your friendship that you talk about in the first half where they're developing the, their kind of brotherhood that they have and how deep their friendship is. Now, to your point before, I counted it as like three really close friends. And one they, eh, they <laughs> kind of use and maybe he's a friend friend, but I counted the base as three. Yeah. Um, and like you said, he gets out of prison. So the first part is them developing their plan. And uh, kind of showing you the world in which they live in, which I did like that world. But as you alluded to, I couldn't figure out what time period because they, they describe it as a dystopian future. But yet they're wearing like 90s tracksuits and <laughs> old school music. So uh, that kind of caught me off guard. But the heist itself is where it kind of sucks you in. It's, I like the plan that these guys had. I love the way it was executed. Yeah. 
Um, and what I really liked was the, the attention to detail and the fact that they were amateurs. I think they said two of them were in the military. One of them never even shot a gun. Right. Yeah. So during their training, this kind of came out and it showed during the high scene. And then you had them uh, successfully, if you want to say that. Sure. <laughs> uh, after the heist, in which every movie, that's when it starts falling apart. But here's where the wild card comes in. And this is where it really, the tension just gets so tight. It just, I couldn't get away from the TV. So you get this unknown character, Han, I think his name is. Yeah. Or as I called him, like the South Korean uh, Anton Chigurh or the Terminator. I, I literally had Terminator right. vibes, especially when they're in the hospital. Uh, but the Chigurh is very, very good comp. Right. And I mean, oh, you get here. your introduction from him. He has an ear collection that Dolph Lundgren would be proud of. <laughs> he shows up to this arms dealer warehouse. The guy, there's a, a it comes out later in the movie, but there's a guy who he supplied the friends with their guns to rob. So he's the first one to get, we get introduced uh, Han through that scene. Yeah. And then. Bong sick, right? Right, right. And then we get the garage scene. So. That's where this movie, like, you could feel the. I just started sweating. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the tension was there. You understand what Han wants. Uh, in fact, they, they make a point to it in the movie saying whenever he starts a hunt, he sees it out and finishes it. Yeah. Yeah. So through their confrontation in the garage where he talks to the main character, uh, June, June Sook or whatever he is, <laughs> he tells him, yeah. you have five minutes. Go. Yeah, and this is where the cat and mouse game comes into play. And I just like how the how the details of how the the characters and they're all sweaty, just like a normal person would be. I mean, they look right. legitimately scared. The performances uh, were really convincing. Yeah, the performance is really yeah. good. In fact, the uh, one of the friends, Ki Hoon, I recognized him from Parasite and Train to Busan. He's in yeah, and Okja too. If you haven't, yeah, seen that so as he well. picks really good projects. So the acting was great. I felt the chemistry between the three uh, main characters. And again, when Han gets thrown in there, that's where you just got to buckle up because uh, it, it just takes you for a, uh, <laughs> just a really good ride. Again, he yeah. has that Terminator feel. He just keeps, wherever these kids go, he keeps finding them. Yeah, especially with the weaponry that he has. That's what really kind of made me think because it had that classic almost Schwarzenegger shotgun from like T2 vibes that, you know, it would have been cool if they had more slow-mo for him. That's right. uh, (laughs) They definitely sold that, you know, they, the, and you mentioned like it kind of flips on the ear in the, in the garage scene. To me, one of the best shot scenes and the most tense scenes in the whole movie is right before that with the, the bar scene where uh, he's kind of starting to feel like something's amiss and then keeps calling in panic. Right, and the phone, you can hear the phone ring in the bar. And the, yeah, the and he's in shadow, like anything. a noir film. It's so well done. He's just sitting there, just cool as a cucumber while, you know, just pouring sweat on right. the other side of the phone. So, it, and it's this nice smoky room. It's, it's actually a quite nice bar. Like I almost, <laughs> I'm like, oh God, that'd be, it almost looked like a, like a speakeasy, like an updated speakeasy. It was right. gorgeous. I, yeah. I was like, oh man, I got to get to South Korea. Apparently <laughs> dystopian or not. I, I would absolutely have a drink there. So it looked lovely. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think that's where it really kicks off. Then you get into the, the parking garage stuff and that's, you know, terrifying from car to car, from the accident and everything else going through. 
it, it's terrifying. Obviously, uh, the night comes for us as a different parking garage scenario right. uh, yeah. that we'll get into. That's uh, obviously uh, the other side of this coin. But uh, apparently, you know, parking garages uh, and action films go perfectly, like hand in hand. Because there's uh, only two ways you can go, up or down. That's it. Or, yeah. you know, if it's a Fast and the Furious movie, sideways. Uh, I would assume yeah. just drive right off any part of the structure, whatever you like. From structure to structure at that point. Yes, yeah. from rooftop to rooftop. Yes. Like it's, uh, you know, the fiddler on the roof. So, <laughs> but, but absolutely, I, I agree with you that the, the structure, the, the kind of almost the three-part, like the lead up to the heist, the after the heist, and then the cat and mouse chase. It's three different films. It's it's so, but it's so well constructed, and the characterization is so great that, and the bond you feel is, you know, these are tight knit guys. You, you feel it feels lived in. These guys know, like maybe you don't in the beginning. You were accurate with the slow burn uh, statement, and but once they really kind of formulate the plan, kind of show kind of their their back history, like their dead parents or the fact that you know one of them you know this is kind of like his family because he never really had family there's a lot of those elements that kind of give you this added charm to the relationship and and even to the film even one of the uh friends is you could tell he's a i don't want to say the term mama's boy but he is you know he loves his mom and his family he just wants to provide for them so you get the logic on why they go in on this uh in fact you know they initially try to talk uh june soak out of it they're, again, they're just looking for more score, and I just lost my train of thought there. No, it's fine. <laughs> well, the, it, reason, the reason they, they go for the gambling establishment because they I think they robbed the jeweler store before, yes. so they didn't want to get the cops involved, and they figured if they knock off this casino, they're not going to get any heat from the cops. Right. And they don't, unfortunately, know what they have on their hands with Han, who uh, turns out to be a, uh, what is he, a corrupt cop? from what I gather during this movie. It's really kind of, that's a little bit hard to gather. Like he's, you know, they, when he sets them up to steal the police cruiser, you kind of get the idea that he is uh, somehow tied in yet. When the police show up, they don't know who he is and put him in the back of a cruiser and kind of has to be spared by the higher ups in the police force to, to let him free. So, I don't know quite his relationship to the law enforcement or whether it's one of those, the gangs are bigger than the police right now. And, you know, they kind of got tapped. They, a lot of them kind of have these side conversations with, I have protection. Right. And, you know, there's different versions of that, uh, whether it's a rival gang or someone higher up in the gang that they're in, or whether it's the police force, it's a lot of different things, kind of almost, uh, in, if, to go back to extraction, that's where you can kind of see a lot of this stuff borrowed from from there too, where it's kind of you know, the police force is at the behest of the gangs in that world, and you kind of feel a lot of the same things with this one, uh, which kind of makes you know the ending a little bit more interesting uh, with how that showdown went outside of the dilapidated apartment buildings in the street there, uh, with the the extra piece to the end there. Um, but we'll get to, to the end uh, later on because I'm curious. Uh, both of these movies kind of set up for sequels, and one of them is intentional, the other one is not. So I'm very interested uh, mm-hmm. to know your guys' takes because you guys watch both films. But so tell me why you would choose this type of movie, this movie in particular, over the night comes for us. Uh, to me, and this is kind of a simple one, and uh, I don't mean it to sound that way. 
But again, I just, it, it appeals to a broader fan base of moviegoers, I feel like. Uh, yeah. You have, uh, again, this is a crime thriller slash, you can call it an action film. I just think it crosses more genres. It did remind me of a, a No Country for Old Men. It gave me that vibe. Uh, the cinematography, the way the world is, is built in this movie is fantastic. It's just great acting. And I, I do appreciate the score. I want to throw that in there because, again, I said this movie had like three tonal shifts and the score kind of flows with those tonal shifts. Absolutely. You get to the end of the movie, that score is on top of you and you just, you're just sweating. I just, I mean, you, you're out there feeling it. So I just feel this has a broader appeal to more people. And I think the average person would and appreciate this film more so than a night comes for us. I feel that's more of a niche, a niche movie that only a couple, you know, some psychopaths like myself would yeah. really enjoy. Sure. And I, I would, I would say, so coming into this whole showdown here that we got set up that those, that was the, the coin flip that I don't know. I am sugar. I'm, but I'm playing it on myself. I'm flipping the coin going, which guy am I today? Am I the guy who wants to just see people completely manhandled and beaten to death? Or do I want to have some motiv stronger motivations and more set up and more nuance and kind of blend the, the no country thing with a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of Ocean's Eleven kind of set right. up shake and bake in the beginning, like not as slick, obviously, or polished, but, you know, kind of the amateur version of that a little bit in the beginning. Uh, right. To me, th this movie also had more character development and did have more of a, a plot than, say, A Night Comes For Us. Yeah. So uh, I enjoyed that as well. Yeah. This, and I will say in my letterbox, uh, if you want to follow me, you know, feel free to uh, join on the on the Andrew Morgan Nomcast train for letterbox, uh, so you can see all my reviews. But uh, for both of these films, I gave them both four out of five stars. But they're for wildly different reasons. Uh, right. Like time time to hunt, it was kind of like, well, the violence and everything is what I thought I was coming to the party for, but I was pleasantly surprised by how like you said, how broad, how diverse, uh, you know, the, like you said, the cinematography, I'm glad you brought it up because there were some scenes like there's a shot on the highway that they're going through the fog where they're coming out of the fog at the hospital where it's like bright blue. It's, you know, it's gorgeous. They even have like a, a weird dream sequence within the fog. That's really nicely done. And then once they escape, they're literally crossing over the highway in this red light fog that looks like they're literally going to hell. And it's amazing right. to look at uh, that. I was, I thought I was very impressed with a lot of the shots and the compositions that they came up with, but to move on here, I want to move on to the second film. Yeah. Uh, and thank you, Shane, for that. I will take everything you send into consideration. Uh, a lot of things that we echo the same points. And I will say, you know, rewatch value for time to hunt is I think better because once you're locked into that story, like you said, I can't even get up to use the bathroom. I need to like, you know, see this through. Right. And now it's going to make that point too. And I'm glad you brought it up. I think rewatchability wise, I would turn to time to hunt more than I would. Uh, the night comes for us. Cause maybe I missed out on something or I see a scene a different way. Yeah. You're only going to see the scenes and night come for us one way. I mean, there's only one way to watch that. film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I wonder, I wonder, Chris, your take uh, for Night Comes for Us, because I see this movie, a lot of people, when they, when they go to the Raid movies, they don't go, remember the plot? 
Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. They care that they got into that, you know, apartment building and just shot everyone that has yep. ever lived in that apartment. People who didn't even live there, people who lived there maybe 30 years ago. They had way yeah. too many people for that apartment building to just shoot all these close quarter gun to the feast, just, just people falling over railings. That's oh, yeah. what you remember about the raid movies is just how can we make things really close, but really violent and just for a, the whole movie practically. And this is from that camp. You have, yeah. uh, you know, the t two main stars from the raid redemption facing off with this one as well. And then also uh, because they were coming from that, uh, Iko Oase, I'm probably butchering that, the one who played Avion, uh, yeah. he was also the fight coordinator uh, a lot for those two. So you're seeing a lot of blend from coming off the Raid movies to this movie and kind of seeing how they you know, set up the stunts, how they put the set pieces together, how they got so much action in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the close quarters stuff that you now saw go bleed into the Netflix Daredevil series that made people go crazy there. A lot of the stuff they did in Extraction, a lot of stuff that is now becoming a trend. Uh, and this movie definitely carries on that and then almost oh, yeah. goes upward uh with the action and the gore that there was a there was a conversation about this film that like basically they didn't give a crap like it's tvma for for netflix but basically they were like oh we know that if this is in the theaters is nc-17 and we don't give a shit they wanted right. to make a specific style movie with this one and uh from what i've read now that they actually considered this uh a franchise movie that they consider this a trilogy. The first of the three, yeah. Yeah, to where they're going to try to kill off all the six C's in the three. So now this one had two appear. Um, obviously, yeah. quote-unquote questionable whether Ito survives uh, the end of this film. But at least, you know, the first two of the six, six C's are in this film. You don't, you won't see the rest of them. So now, I guess, the, the future movies they're going to try to do uh, center around the operator. Uh, which is what she is known uh, to be, which... Yeah, they um, didn't say her name in it. And No, I only I got up, that like, from the credits. She looks yeah. like it. That's, yeah, the hot, right. that's the hot motorcycle chick, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, that's yeah. where... I have her down as the biker chick. I yeah, yeah. Hot motorcycle <laughs> chick. Yeah. She, but obviously, she's way much more than that. Some of the fight scenes she's in are some of the best in the whole movie. But so, uh, coming into this movie, it was a, it was a recommendation by Shane. I came in and I had no idea what to expect. I knew it kind of had some raid uh, characters, some bleed over. Uh, a lot of these people have all worked together too. I guess they were together in Headshot, uh, which is also uh, Eco Ace, uh, and also the woman who played the operator and the guy who played Bobby and the guy who played uh, Chen Wu. They were all in Headshot. Um, and it's the same director. So I guess this is kind of follow up for that plus a follow up to the raid stuff. So a lot of people with familiarity, a lot of people with pedigree, really cool, you know, cool way to get you hooked into it. And boy, did this movie, when I first watched it, I, I know a movie is good. Like action movies, we all know thin plots exist. Like there's yeah. so many of them that like, if you get something even a little bit more high concept, like Time to Hunt, you're like, oh shit. Look at that. Somebody <laughs> actually like tried to make a movie out of this. But then there's so many of those movies. Like we're all similar age. Like 
we were in those 80s action films. You're watching a Chuck Norris movie, a Jean-Claude Van Damme or something. And you're just like, I just want to see him kick and punch people. That's all I, That's I came why to the party Shane for. Shane suggested this. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a kickboxer on the side too, as well as a personal trainer, Shane? Uh, no, unfortunately not. No, no, no. Underground like Fight Club? Right. Fresh. <laughs> Let's talk about Fight Club. Yeah, right. exactly. So, you know, a plot is obviously secondary, which is funny yeah. that they had the forethought to say that this movie has legs to be a trilogy from the beginning. And yet you can easily say this movie has the thinner plot of the two. But holy shit, were there many moments in this movie where I just I was down here late at night in my basement watching this movie and I literally was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I had so many moments where I was like, oh, oh, just, you know, couldn't help myself. I'm by myself. Nobody hearing me. And yeah, I'm like, yep. oh God. So this movie will pull all those things out of you. And I, I know I, I sounded like I was, uh, putting a uh throwing some shade on this film by saying it doesn't have the rewatch value of time to hunt but what i will say is just like the raid movies this is a i'm going to seek out youtube clips to watch and just get my rocks off to be like hey you remember when this happened in this movie that has memorable stuff that makes me go oh i gotta go seek that out or oh you haven't seen this watch this clip and then watch the rest of the movie there's so much of that so what do you think I, I thought it's exactly the same thing. Uh, as I'm watching them, I'm audibly gasping and, and saying, Ooh, ah, you know, covering my eyes on certain scenes. I mean, yeah. some of the, the stuff is in a word brutal. I mean, yeah. Well, anytime uh, a machete I haven't involved. seen on screen. What? Anytime a machete is involved. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. Like let's, let's do what we did in the raid, but, Let's take away half the guns, and the rest is knives, machetes. Go to it, right? And uh, it, it was, it was just like, man, you better know how to use a knife uh, yeah. <laughs> in this in this world over here. But uh, what I liked about it was, it seemed like there was new methods of mm-hmm. fighting style, right? Uh, or or the fighting styles incorporated into the film. Uh, that we haven't seen on screen before. Or if we have, we haven't seen them used in this way. Sure. Um, yeah. Some of the some of the stuff I will say in the beginning, it seemed like it was um, demonstration. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, come in at this speed, yes. and I'll block it. And I there was a lot of that. that. Yeah. But then there was other scenes where it was just like, are they? They're going to hurt each other. <laughs> yeah. They're they're going full bore here. Yeah, but uh, but I agree with you saying that uh, between the two, watching this again would probably be better suited in clips. Yeah, uh, because there's a lot of great scenes that are thinly tied together by what what the plot is. Yeah, just like uh, just like Extraction, it's one of those like saving a kid, get her to the boat, and that's. That's the whole plot. And whatever happens in between is just survival. Yeah. And that's exactly what this movie is. But on an infinite level, like just (laughs) if this is a video game, this is end boss shit. This is uh, highest level you could possibly think of. I I wrote down every time there I was trying to. I was I'll put it this way. I was trying to write down every time there was a fight sequence. Okay. And by that, I mean, you know, your hand starts cramping. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) I had to pause 
every few minutes. I wasn't enjoying the film anymore. I was just, you know, kind of doing yeah. almost the notes for somebody else to put on YouTube. It's like, oh, it comes in at 137 and then ends at 142. You know, it's like I was basically doing all the 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 pre-work for someone to to make a kick-ass clip show out of this yeah. thing. But man, there are certain ones that I I literally I'll just like punch a clock at the location they start yeah. and punch it out. And there's actually, and I couldn't even do that. I should, I should say <laughs> I, I made so many efforts to try to be so clean and crisp with my notes could not do it because you, you'll probably say like, there are certain setups that they have where at one point they are on fire with this movie. When once it starts where Ido gets taken, like post uh, being at the meat shop, the butcher yeah. shop. He gets the uh, cattle prod. Yes. Yeah. So once he's taken and the the movie shifts to where they're going to fight inside the <laughs> inside the apartment, quote unquote, the whole complex is kind of like lit up. But mainly yeah. their one apartment building and right outside from the elevators to there is just a slog of just waves and waves of dudes getting murked. Oh, yeah. Uh, with assassins to come after the first wave or two of these, but then they intersplice that with Ito in the van after he's taken in the back of a police van where he fights out and blows up and tips over a police van. So you, they intersplice all these heavy, heavy duty yep. uh, set pieces that they have going on. These elaborate stunts, the fight work is insane and they just go back and forth and it just doesn't let up i'm pretty sure so i wrote let me see because i have it in the notes obviously because i'm amazing so the <laughs> uh at 32 minutes the fight sequence starts where bobby kills a bunch of dudes in the elevator yep. and shinta his ex love you know kind of gets away uh and Faith, it, faiths oh, well it's fatigue it was ito's yeah yeah fatigue's right? new bow but ito's old bow yeah yeah Sorry to say Bo, Mr. Beauregard. I'm sorry <laughs> that's if that's right. kind of uh, you know being too yeah. kitschy for you. But so it starts the, the gory violence there. Then you get Ito waking up in the police van <laughs> where he wakes up, starts taking on six or seven cops, uses a taser to tase one cop so that way he shocks himself into shooting another guy directly in, in the, the face, face right next to him, right at the edge of the barrel. It is unreal i'm surprised uh, he wasn't deaf for the rest of the movie oh yeah that's not so only true. are you getting the uh the f gunshots in close quarters yeah. but a grenade yes. went off in and the back of it regardless of the scenario that's been happening he has uh you know austin powers disease where he's either really low and he's gonna try to be intermittent right here or he's just like yeah. going to town, uh, screaming at people and just going like, come at me, bitches, kind of a, an attitude. But so so that was, like I said, 32 minutes. It starts that. And by the time they actually get out of the apartment and try and try to do something else, we're almost an hour. Like yeah. it's like 50 minutes. It's yeah. something insane. Like basically because 4737 is when Ido escape, escapes the police van. And then not too long after that, we, we get the, uh, the assassins coming through and trying to take out the rest of the and people in the elevator and goes amps through. up. 
Right. Because then <laughs> we're all going into the parking garage, which we alluded to earlier, which yeah. is a whole other ball game uh, for this. So it never takes the foot off the gas. The only, yeah. like for a good 30 minutes, it is set piece to set piece to set piece where they're just escaping. Now, yep. time to hunt when they did like the cat and mouse stuff. You felt tension for a long stretch of time, but at least they got the breakup of like post a parking garage, a hold up at a place like a hospital or hold up like a place at like the apartments. And you get this lull that's kind of like reestablishing character lulls. There is no, no, no. anything. Once the guys are separated after that first initial 15 minutes where, you know, you meet the, the old girlfriend, you meet Fatih, you meet Bobby, you meet uh, Fatih's cousin, and you get, like, kind of the, the old crew together, and then they give mm -hmm. Arian's backstory, which, Jesus Christ, that fight sequence where a, uh, a wine bottle gets cracked in half and shoved through a person's mouth, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, is unbelievable. So... I can I can gush and obviously I am about these. So tell me why this movie deserves to be at a higher grade than Time to Hunt. Well, because if you don't agree that this movie deserves to be the winner, someone's going to get killed. <laughs> yes. No, no uh, it's it's got action scene after action scene and. Yes, it's a thin thread, but it's threaded together by this uh, end result of keeping this girl safe and trying to sur survive all of it. Is but this the best action you've ever seen? The best action? It's the most action. It, it, it crams all of it in the two-hour runtime yeah. that uh, I, I've never seen it before. I really haven't. I mean, yes, you, you make reference to the raid, uh, but... You know, I think the raid had more story than this did, um, <laughs> and I, I feel uh, Night Comes for Us uh, kind of is trying to be too too smart for its own good. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you have these uh, the connection of uh, Arian and Ito, right? And uh, you know, one is gunning for better things, and the other just wants out because he's seen right. so much murder. Classic story. Classic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's and, very Shakespearean, uh, you know, except for the meat yes. grinders trying to slice up people's meat legs. Hey, <laughs> Shakespeare had some sick stuff in his uh, story, so <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Yes. But uh, having uh, Reyna be like the one good thing that he does is mm. is pretty admirable uh, throughout. But I, uh, go ahead. I said I did find that connection between the little girl that uh, I thought <laughs> – after one night, she's calling him uncle. I just thought yeah. that happened a little <laughs> yeah. too quick, like Uncle Bobby and Uncle this and Anthony. I'm like, yeah. get out of here, man. Yeah. But it's yeah. true. There are a lot of kind of small eye rolls to things. Like, even when uh, certain characters that I end up really liking at some point come in, like the operator, which we alluded to, where, you know, obviously that, this might be her story going forward, uh, the way it looks. Yeah. When she's first on the scene, I'm like, what? Who is this? What are we doing? Yeah. Why is she here? Why is There's she? There's a lot of those. Intimate with yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, but at least like, you know, the assassin levels that they do, the detail and the weaponry and everything else. God damn, were all those pitch perfect? Like this movie should have action figures 
Like I would totally <laughs> like have like the 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 wire woman assassin, mm-hmm. and then you have yep. the the blade blonde with the like the futuristic haircut. You know, yeah, the- all these very sharp, unique elements that easily could have been ripped out of a. Obviously, this is a more modern take, but like you know, an old Arnie movie, you know, old Schwarzenegger movie, like some of these yeah. like femme fatale characters, like something in you know one of the Conan movies, or <laughs> or you know. I've never seen female fight sequences since maybe the matrix that I was like, so impressed with. Oh, this was probably the best female fight scene I've seen in a long time between the operator and I was there. I called her the discount Natalie. Well, she fights both assassins. uh, Right. I'm talking about the blonde French one, the discount Natalie Dormer. That blade she had, had, like you alluded to, that thing was sweet. Yeah. She went to work with that. It's like a boomerang blade. It was insane. But, but yeah, the, it, the weaponry in here is cool. The violence is out of control. But yeah, finish, finish your thought, and then I'll and I'll gush about one more thing. <laughs> no, I was gonna say like I I think that was like the best sequence was when the three women were fighting each other. It might like, be. I was gonna follow up with that. Like, which one you thought was the best? Because like everything else just seemed like chaotic. And yeah. you have like, you know, 20 plus people fighting yeah. one person. Uh, but the three of them, it was just like, you know, how is this going to go? This chick is pretty good with her, uh, with her like wire uh, baton thing. Yeah. I, I don't know fully how that works where it's just a weighted wire that yeah. can saw through your neck. <laughs> she's fine as long as she's wearing her gloves. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. There is a lot of weird, like, you know, kind of racing in between them or trying to do it and your fingers don't get lopped off but you know but they do oh they do eventually (laughs) yes but there's a few questionable ones where i'm like yeah couldn't that have cut through that completely but who who am i to judge they provided me with so much i don't (laughs) want to question why this is so cool but just a few i want to run down like a few things like when you close your eyes and you think of this movie are there certain actual like not maybe a full fight sequence like you were saying about like the women fight sequence but Mm -hmm. those specific whoa movements like i'll I'll throw a couple at you and then you can follow up with some specific movements specific so i think maybe the first time that i did an absolute whoa was the first time when they were in the apartment and Bobby is fighting this guy, and Bobby gets his head bashed into a window. The window gets knocked out, but the shards are all the way around, and Bobby takes the guy's head and rakes his neck Mm. back and forth across the bottom shards and, like, slices his throat. And throws him out. And then another guy flies on top of him and throws him out a window, and you follow him as he falls to his death. So usually that's, like, a quick toss and then get back to the action no 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 no! not this movie it's you're gonna watch him plummet to his death so that was interesting unique i never seen anything that violent i've never seen that move before i mean people getting tossed out a window yeah everybody's seen that's old hat but but to get your neck just raked (laughs) raked across cut glass yeah you fell every inch of that there's uh, a, a, one of the other sequences is later in the film. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier in the warehouse when he goes to the old 
hangout of like where his crew was and just mm-hmm. literally fights an entire gang uh like by himself before yeah. he has to go fight Arion. Uh when all the pool table stuff, all of it is unbelievable. There there's a pool uh half, you know, uh broken open pool cue that gets shoved through a guy's chest there's a when he rips off the the eight ball in the netting that he just whips you know and like smacks people across the the head the guys yeah the bubbling yeah that was gushing out of the back like never saw that before unbelievable not in in a horrible way yeah (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> or I've seen really cartoonish versions and other kind of, especially older karate movies. Yeah, where it's like you'd see like a guy lose a limb and it's just spraying everywhere. And yeah, it's like it looks yeah. dumb and it looks fake. This one did not look dumb or fake. Uh, right. So you have that, and then you know the the light fixture above the pool table. He crashes that on somebody. Yeah, there's so like so many times in that one tiny little part of what gets to be an insane sequence with people getting lit on fire and everything else. I was just going to say like when he uh, threw the, the, the gasoline on the floor and just blew it away with the, uh, the shotgun and then everyone's burning. They're just like waving in with fire and he's just looking at them burn. It's funny. It's funny at all. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I, yeah. When we were talking about extraction, John and I, like I said how it, it kind of feels like a slow burn and it kind of feels like it has less action than these movies, which it does, but it it shouldn't be sold short. But <laughs> I said that and I couched it with, well, but a guy does get shot in the face in the first five minutes of extraction. So I shouldn't be like, yeah, slow burn, but a guy totally got murked in the face. So, but I will say, Rewatching Night Comes for Us, there is a scene where not just the one that I talked about in the police fan, but in the warehouse scene, that a guy gets literally shot in the face where you felt it. You absolutely felt it. His head explodes. It's unbelievable. In extraction, they kind of do that. Yeah, he got shot up, but it kind of turns away. You don't see a lot of the effects. These guys are on a whole other level as far as action is concerned. That's why I, yeah. I, 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 besides Raid Redemption, I can't remember another one, another action film that had this much, this much action or this much detail in the gore of the action. Oh my God, right? Uh, the other thing was, uh, like, I think 90% of the budget was uh, blood packets. Because the <laughs> yes. amount of blood strewn about was just, Wow. Yeah. Wow, you haven't seen that, but it was also like uh, kind of paired with CGI added. Yeah, to some it. of it, sure. But for the most part, yeah, it was it was just like wow, that's that's blood just pouring out of this person. Yeah, uh, they better get this right because they're going to have to clean up the set, bring it back. But um, there are a couple of scenes where uh, it was um, it looked like they just had like a cubes of meat and they just threw it around yes yeah. bouncing around i was just like okay all right yeah gotta keep it a little less real you know well and in the butcher shop you're kind of actually doing that so that yes. was interesting too yep. like i said a meat slicer to some guy's leg you know guys uh getting tossed on meat hooks very early in this movie 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane, I, I see you chomping at the bit, literally. Like you're probably about to punch through the screen. Uh, he's like, I need, I need to get some in here. So right. we'll, we'll, I was, <laughs> was going to piggyback off of you when you told Chris to come up with some like just memorable scenes, and which yeah, are yeah, a sure. ton of them in this movie. But a couple that stick out to me that aren't even like, let's say, violent. The first one is whenever the fish hook came out in the warehouse. Yes. And uh, Ito gave that guy a new anus. Yeah. 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 That one is the first thing I think about for some reason. <laughs> right. But I, I love Ito. And one of those badass moments is at the very end of his fight with Arian when he gets the razor in the cheek. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. He literally breaks it and spits the razor out of his mouth. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. During that whole last fight scene, which lasted for 10 minutes and 42 seconds, by the way, because I actually <laughs> timed how long that yeah, fight took. Yeah. I thought one of the most excruciating things that happened was when Arian went to shin kick or front kick Ito and he missed and he hit that steel beam yeah. the bar. to the shin. Because yeah. I yeah, thought you, you felt go, that. Yeah, you go down by hitting your toe on a coffee table. <laughs> yeah. I cannot he, imagine the force. Punched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> steel, that fight would have been over right then and there. Yeah. A lot of crying would have happened in this movie if it was me or just straight death. Oh, absolutely. Uh, now, I'm surprised you didn't hear a, a, a crunch when uh, when Ito hit the bar. Yeah, the, you might have heard it right out. You didn't hear a lot of the crunch. Right. Or there was, didn't seem like a lot of effects. You heard the thwong. <laughs> it, interestingly enough, versus, say, something like Extraction, which I thought its best sequence was the end, like the whole bridge sequence bridge. and everything else, the... This movie, I think, blows its load before it gets to the showdown. I'm impressed with the length of it. Like you were saying, it's 10 minutes plus for, for straight one-on-one action. Oh, yeah. And obviously, the, the coordination between going to you know the, the circular saw, the table saw, whatever you want to say, and, and some of the weaponry that's around, you know, a lot of uh, you know, just trading uh you know box that box cutter sequence was probably to me the best because it's so intimate and yet so violent and so bloody that uh you know for two guys just trying to pick up stuff in a warehouse and try to destroy each other i thought that was really impressive but i did think it went on too long for how they're set up that i i thought it started to get cartoonish where i'm like um Anyone would have died on anything here. They, but man, there are certain parts in here that I'm like, it's literally unbelievable that it gets there. And you oh, kind of yeah. should buy in. And I think one of the other flaws of this movie that I think, I, when I first watched, I was like, this movie, I would have given it five stars based on the action. But the way they didn't stick the landing of this movie made me give it four. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but basically to me, between the showdown's good, but weirdly enough, after all that's been done, you're kind of like, this is getting kind of Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck uh, for a little bit here where it's, you know, just, I'm going to stab you. All right, I'm going to stab you. And all these like bullet wounds and knives to the face and everything else. And you're just literally just raw. You're just full of blood, you know, and it's, just gross i remember we were talking about wrestling earlier i remember like the 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 ketchup packet days of like hogan just having like a little bit of blood was like a huge deal be like wow that fight was intense holy shit how many years we've gone through uh, to get to this point but and then the end end which uh i want to bring up especially because if they think 
this movie has legs to be a trilogy. So the end of this movie is literally, okay, the girl's secure. I'm going to drive a car right at a whole mess of triads who are trying to fucking kill me. Um, and then we're going to cut away just as he's like getting lit up, but also still driving the car like a madman. In essence, it's kind of cool, but it's also like another version of that cartoonish like, no, he should have died at the wheel like way before we got to the where they cut away. But that's kind of the essence of this movie. You have to watch this movie by going, who cares? It's literally at the end of the day what you have to say. Who cares? I need to be along for this ride. I'm going to I hate using the term turn my brain off. There is enough plot here to move things along. But there is also such long stretches of action that you literally don't need to care. You can turn your brain off and just see wild, wild violence. Everyone raves about Devil's Rejects. And I don't when, know who those people are, but it's not me. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> people, people, there's people out there who yeah. uh, really like Devil's Rejects. And uh, the way that ended was the same. But then they ruined it by years later, uh, having three from hell. So, right. Yeah. Um, I will say for the, it seemed like the time he was, you know, to release her, to have her, her, you know, use her, her new passport identity and start her life somewhere. Uh, now without him, uh, it went from nighttime to daytime pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly he's still there and then the yeah, so they were just all chilling with each other just staring at each other bleeding out just like hold yeah. on i gotta say goodbye to somebody yeah yeah and then oh um, <laughs> my like, friends are here to see yeah me. you're like the parents sitting in the minivan like waiting for you know two two like teenager uh couple just saying goodbye no you hang up no you hang yeah. up it's like the all right enough we got to kill each other now yeah <laughs> but uh i, I i'm I'm going to say, uh, yeah, that's where his story ends. Yeah. His, his is the first chapter and, and maybe, uh, maybe, uh, the operator is the second chapter. Yeah. It and seems then the third like chapter is Raina growing up. I got to say until I read after the fact that they want to make this a trilogy, I was a little put off outside of the kick-ass sequences that she's in yeah, of, course. of, of the operator. I was like, so this movie is, I think, like in the 145, 150 range for the movie. I think if you streamlined it where she never enters the picture and it's just Ito sucking up everything, trying to get there. And I understand the mechanics of it. And it, it actually benefits the film in a way to, to let Ito get off the chain yeah. of not having the kid around all the time. But at the same time, it also took out Fatih, who I actually really liked. I really liked Fatih, I think, and for how insane Bobby is, he's not in the movie very long. Uh, so, you know, they really kind of sideline them to get to the operator. So I, I hope that I'm like kind of pleasantly surprised with the second film to be like, oh, this was all worth it to kind of set her up, to get her involved, to move things along, and to kind of set the stage that she's kind of this work for hire you know, setting up to try to take these people out that she has some larger story that's to come. So that way I could be like, Oh yeah, it was totally worth it to put it in there. If you're watching it in the context of everything they want to pull off. But for just, if this movie stands on itself, it is a little weird. 
that she just yeah. kind of like rolls up. I was here to kill you, but I've been keeping my eye on you. And yeah. I don't think, uh, I think uh, you got a little more to you. I think you're uh, on the up and up here. So I'm going to help you out. You know, like, and even still, like she, she comes in and then she leaves. She gets on her bike and then yeah. comes back again and then decides to to help him out. That's a little weird. So there are a lot of like head scratchers in this film. But yet again, it's like it's like having that girlfriend where it's like she's psychotic. We have yeah. nothing in common. We fight constantly. But goddamn, when 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 all that goes away, yeah, I, I love her. And she's my and, soulmate. Yeah, she's my soulmate. And and you know, and the the you get the wild sex and everything that you ever wanted. But it's like, but then immediately following, like you're at each other's throat. And some people are into that, so I don't want a kink shame. But, you know, but this movie is literally like a kink. You're like, if you're not into just people getting massacred in in the most elegant of ways and sometimes not so elegant of ways, but it is beautiful cinematography. It's beautiful stunt coordination. It's some of the best. (laughs) Can we get dinner first? Yeah. Uh, if we weren't on Zoom, big boy, I hear you. Uh, um, but man, so I go back and forth between these two movies to go, which mood am I in? Which which lasting legacy is going to be imprinted in my brain? Is it going to be those YouTube clips that I want to see of this movie? Or is it going to be a movie like Time to Hunt? Which right now in 2020, for the movies that we've had thus far, we're in May, guys. Yeah. You know, not a lot of big time films. A lot of those got pushed back. I got to say, Time to Hunt's one of my favorite movies of 2020. I have to agree there. It is oh. in my top, I'd say, five off the top of my head right now of movies I've seen so far. Somebody asked me to list my top three, and this is in my top three. And you can make a case that it might be number one. Because uh, actually, I think I cheated with the top three where it ended up being four because I tied one for three. You know how film Twitter is. You're always like, yeah. well, I got I got one more. I got one more to go. Um, but I think between, and not to spoiler for future stuff, but I think I listed Time to Hunt, the half of it, and uh, the Willoughby's and Onward as like kind of like an animated tie is like the three best things I've seen. But that was also before I watched... Uh, I was really blown away, not to go off brand. You know, I love my Netflix, and I already mentioned yeah. a Disney film. But man, uh, Big Time Adolescence, I watched that on Hulu the other night. That is We, we have really yet to finish movie. it. But it, yeah, I'm like, what? I, I really, he, he puts me off, but I'm just like, I know, I'm not a big Pete Davidson good. fan. And yeah, it's I saw the trailer for uh, King of Staten Island, which is uh, Judd Apatow's new movie that's coming out soon, too. And yet, <laughs> I'm kind of like, all right, I'm in for that too, just to see where I, this I can't goes. with that movie. I'm sorry, I can't stand Pete Davison. I'm one of those guys who I don't understand why he's even a thing. Uh-huh. And I I try with him. I went and looked at all those old comedy clips and everything's yeah. done. Yeah. God I bless him. Stand all I'll say. Yeah, I just I can't. And with I was that guy. like, eh. And especially with Apatow, I have a love hate with Apatow. I loved him so early on, like uh, knocked up, super bad you know 40 year old virgin like all those movies are classics and then he decided somewhere along the way to not edit his films and make these bloated longer comedies that do not need to be as long as they are and have these wild talking funny people dude 
funny people is way too long and the stuff that isn't about stand up like and in that world like all those guys in that apartment yeah. and and the road stories and the rogan stuff i could care less about his ex-wife or wife whatever or ex-wife and and obviously yeah, that, that uh, kind of slows eric banna too i didn't care about any of that i thought it just brought the film down nothing served and it went on way too long i don't want to get into that whole thing <laughs> but i'm just saying as far as 2020 is concerned there's some stuff on the horizon that i'm way more into but as it stands right now, mid-May, Time to Hunt's way up there. Yeah, it's on it's, there for me, too. It's funny because uh, the way they're, they're changing the uh, awards, uh, what, what categorizes uh, certain films, mm-hmm. uh, what they can be up for, is, uh, is really up in the air. And it, it's weird because it, it almost feels like if there's nothing, if, the, if there's no end date as to when certain awards are going to be because everything's right. been pushed off then you know where do you go how do you uh how do you judge certain films like you know those films oh that's oscar bait or yes. you know this is that you're not getting that now you're getting uh uh i can't even explain it it's not even it's not even like we're getting a lot of genre films we're getting yeah. a lot of indies we're getting a lot of things that because the Oscar bait movies, everybody knows. Maybe you get one or two over the summer, and then yeah. you know, in starting like that, kind of like Labor Day on, you'll get uh, just a nonstop barrage of what people tried to to feed you uh, to have enough enough of a track to get from there to February. And yeah. you know, it's it's basically like football. It's like okay, right now we're in the preseason. There's some people who look really good and time to hunt is a preseason all-star right now. It is, you know, hopefully it turns into Victor Cruz after Victor Cruz was like that preseason guy, uh, you know, where it was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but man, he scored like three touchdowns in a preseason game. But we have these guys who look really great when the lights are dimmer. And then once you see the rest of the field, you're like, oh, okay, that was just that was cool and for a minute Just to get back to the ending of our films. Uh, yeah. I think a time for hunt actually sets up for a more interesting sequel than a night uh, comes for us. Would well, cause Han is the most compelling character. I think of both films, right? As far as like, like you said, cause when you get out of no country for old men, you think about Shigur all day. Right. So Han, you want to know more about why this guy is this way. And in a way, it almost doesn't even matter because you just want to see the hunt. Right. So, I want to see how June uh, would, because, you know, he makes the decision to go back to track down Han. Yeah. yeah. So I want to see that transpire. So I think that sets up for just a little more interesting sequel. You know, because the guilt made yeah. him leave that island to go back to search for his friend that I assume, in my personal opinion, Han got them all. Yeah, but he still had, didn't get that final word about one of his friends, and he still—it's yeah. in his head. He sees him when he's not really there, yeah. and that drives him to go back to kind of finish what he started. So I just think that sets up for just something that I would rather see than what we might get in the other movie because we don't know what we get in the other. We assume it's the operator, but it might not be. Well, the director basically hinted at that. Like oh, he, he did. Okay. Says. So I think that's more of a confirmed thought. But uh, definitely time to hunt. I never heard anything about like, oh, yeah, this is where they want to take it. Uh, but it seems very overt. Like, this is what we, we're doing. 
And, right. You know, and the people they have involved, I mean, I don't see a guy like uh, Wushik Choi uh, kind of signing up and being like in all these Bong Joon-ho movies and, and some of these bigger projects signing up for another sequel or like a, a trilogy or something like bigger, especially if he's not the main focus. I think he's on too much of a, a role right now to kind of focus on that. So I wonder if they kind of played it where it doesn't matter if if there's a follow-up to his chase of Han trying right. to settle the score or, you know, or obviously like you could. I, I kind of liken it to, and I say this a lot, and so if people have listened to my podcast, they know, um, The Matrix to me would have been a way better one-off movie than what they ended up with. But if you watch that movie, you easily go, oh, yeah, it totally looks like they're setting up for way more movies, more yeah. things. But you, there is a, a big part of me that goes, no, but it's kind of cool that it kind of ends in an action sequence. Like it ends with a setup to something to come and then you never do it. Because then you'll never shut up about it. It's kind of like Blade Runner too. Like Blade Runner is kind of a great one-off movie that I, I, every time they're like, oh, we should do this, we should do that. I was like, and they even have you know a very good sequel that came out later, like twenty forty nine is is a good mm-hmm. sequel, but even still, I don't care. I didn't care that it was coming out. I didn't care. I was like, this is a great one off movie that doesn't need to be touched. This one, if they didn't do, if they don't do a second one, I'm okay. Yeah, same. You know, so, I, I I feel like uh, I I feel we saw what happened to Han. Yeah. You know, it's like, again, you're looking at these, uh, these people who, you know, it's not like they're established as superheroes, you know, they're not indestructible. They are, you know, fallible. And he obviously went somewhere, you know, for people who want to, you know, have gone this far and they (laughs) still have yet to see it. You know, I don't want to say, oh, this is what happened. Well, I will say, not to cut you off, but Time to Hunt is the one that I want to try to be slightly more delicate, even though we haven't really been, uh, only because it has a plot that is worth kind of following the string, even though that's really not the best stuff. The chase is the best stuff. But, uh, and Jesus Christ, the night comes for us. I can tell you the whole plot and you'd, you'd be, why are you spoiling this? I did not spoil a damn thing. You need to witness this movie. It is visual from beginning to end oh god yeah so that's a whole different thing plus uh i know these are all island nations i feel like every movie i've watched lately has all some kind of like beach opening scene or beach closing scene and they all are in the water at some point i understand it's kind of an inherent thing but goddamn every single movie i watch from asia is is that way i like the uh the weather better in uh time to hunt yeah Although, yeah, it's it's weirdly like because it's so gray and awful what happened? during the day. You're good. I did. Okay. Yeah. I was saying I like the uh, the the uh, water better in uh, A Time to Hunt than, uh, than uh, Night Comes for Us. Well, it has to look beautiful, right? In that Taiwan, Taiwanese thing yeah. because it has to look appealing enough that he it's a sacrifice to go back. Like, I this liked was when... His, uh, you know, this whole dream that he had. Uh, So for him to go back on, it has to mean something. And actually, weirdly enough, (laughs) Chris, as you were talking, like, yeah, I totally agree with you that like, yeah, you know, we get what we got on Han. I'm like, yeah. And then as I'm sitting there hearing you do, I'm like, 
I don't agree with myself anymore. I don't think. I think I de- I I did feel the one thing uh kind of like the operator and some of the stuff in Night Comes for Us that mm-hmm. kind of threw me off could have been could have done without it. I think the other thing in Time to Hunt, the only thing that bothered me was the twin brother thing. And I think for Han to quote unquote go out like that where it's not like it was so intimate the chase was so intimate and for him to be just kind of run off and then shot into the water and then they say he lives and you don't get to see any follow-up that would maybe kind of like on future viewings kind of bother me that we never got to see han in a true down down and dirty you know murder scene i feel they could have uh said the line differently or you know just had the guy show up and say you know this is for my brother he didn't have to say twin brother i i said the same thing i hated that i hated it that that single scene was probably the worst scene in the entire movie because i just shook my head i was like yeah they went that road they went down that road he happened to have a twin brother you know it's like yeah yeah you shouldn't get the the final blow from a guy you don't even know Right. And and that kind of bothered me structurally about that movie. And again, that's why that movie got a four star instead of, you know, something higher. But I think what I'm picking up through this conversation is that you guys, especially you, are leaning more towards the time to hunt. So looks like yeah, I did I, my job. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> I think Time to Hunt is a movie that will get the full rewatch, which I think makes it probably a better movie in in my eyes. And Night Comes for Us will be like that sweet mistress that I will go to where I need just a little bit more, a little bit more sugar on top, a little well, it's bit. That, it's that dirty porn you watch when your wife goes to bed. That's yeah, what exactly. Night Comes for Us is. As opposed to the dirty porn I watch at the dinner table. It's very off-putting, but it's less dirty. Less <laughs> right. dirty. Less dirty. Is that <laughs> it's got a lot more sex. the earphones. Stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's maybe more Don't Instagram judge. models versus porn. It's uh, I try to keep it classy for the dinner table. It's sacred. So, <laughs> but you're you're probably right. I think the lasting legacy, and I and I hope because it's a newer film that people listen to this and kind of get into time to hunt. I, I haven't seen a lot of people kind of throwing the overtures for it. So I'm hoping. And, and to be honest, night comes for us. If you didn't tell me when I was kind of like throwing the feelers out there, throwing hook out there Shane if you didn't tell me like oh you should watch this movie if you want to see some shit and that was what two years ago now two years ago yeah so uh, that was fresh in your mind then and uh, obviously it took me this long so shame on me uh, to get there but man holy shit so there's a lot of gems in Netflix if you can find it and I'm glad that we kind of did both version of that it's the it's the gem that you know maybe got undersold two years ago and then now the the new one that we hope doesn't suffer the same fate because it's subtitled and all this other stuff and you know the things that make a movie get forgotten too quickly. You were in a quarantine, people. Fucking buckle up and watch Time to Hunt. Yeah. So, and obviously watch The Night Comes for Us too. Yeah, that they actually make for a nice double feature because Time to Hunt's kind of the 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 more like you said, uh, nuanced, uh, multi genre kind of. Uh, plot line movie and if you want to stay up past your bedtime and get that extra jolt of coffee or chocolate this is uh, the watch the night comes for us you won't need to fucking you'll not sleep you won't play 
It's so. an action movie on full Viagra is what yes. it is. <laughs> 100%. Surprised, like, actually, that I didn't see someone get their dick chopped off. It, it was gory in every other regard. Well, that, that hook. Said, the hook. Yeah, the hook in the anus. Yeah, that, that goes. Uh, that tracks. He ripped it. He ripped it, so. <laughs> Oof. Well, thank you, guys. I this had to was walk not, that one off. This was not as painful as a hook to the anus, and I appreciate you guys uh, for making it thus so. So uh, thank you. I know you always love shaking your head, Chris. You love my outros. I was uh, going to say, love- thank you for guiding us through this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, glad- I had a good time. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, absolutely. And, and Shane, because you're the, the first timer here, uh, tell people where they can get the media mosh and what it is and, and sell it to us here. Well, media mosh is... Uh- Pretty much I review all streaming services and anything in the theaters, but right now it's just everything streaming. It's mainly Netflix uh, and Amazon Prime, but now that I have Hulu, I throw some Hulu stuff in there as well. Yeah, buddy. Uh, As you put before, (laughs) not as much news. You do get the occasional rant. Uh, I do come on there a little bit eh, sloshed, so I kind of have fun with those, but you can check me out at Podbean, uh, mediumosh.podbean, but more importantly, the the Apple Podcast Store is where you can find me and download me share me and hope you enjoy and just ignore the occasional rant so you know if you're not a femme nazi or (laughs) anything in that equation then you know yeah that's what you should do you should almost give a warning that this is turned from media mosh to media slosh so oh i do on occasion that'll be the title of the show yeah absolutely (laughs) i think you let one of the episodes uh be released one time where you're just like you can you can feel you going even more <laughs> inebriated as the time went on it's yeah. like yeah this is medium yep that's a that's an episode there you but, go but i love that you're you're not one of those shows that is like oh we talk about movies but we're also drinking you just drink because you're an alcoholic and i appreciate that sir that you just bring it into the field versus like making it a a component that you advertise of the podcast Well, absolutely when you have kids and it's friday or saturday night you know what time it is (laughs) exactly it's media mosh time and i appreciate that man it's a great show uh and i appreciate you coming on chris uh, my, uh, <laughs> my subtitle, uh, man, my, my man about the world, uh, traveling around the world in 80 days or, you know, 70 movies, whatever we're going to sure. end up doing where you all have subtitles. Thank you for coming back on. Uh, you know, obviously you were on recently for us with Sergio. Yep. Sergio. Sergio. Uh, yeah. Getting the lovely Ana de Armas, uh, definitely the, uh, the the other version of the kink that we uh, do on this one, not just uh, heads getting blown off. That uh, is a classy broad. <laughs> and you are a class act yourself, sir. So, Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank I, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I saw you had a new piece that you wrote, yes, since we last spoke? Since we last spoke. When did I write? Did I? Right I, I could have sworn I said that I know I'm I'm making great podcasting well, here. I'm I know also kind of on Letterboxd. So yes. if I'm if I'm Well, I think you uh put one of those reviews online. I think that's what I'm trying to remember. Uh well I did a portrait of a lady on fire uh on Letterboxd and then I share it. Right. Yeah. I don't care anymore. I'm yeah, you're just lazy. Everything. I'm it's just fine. gonna annoy everyone <laughs> with my stuff. Right. Read it or don't. Yeah. Um, and look at my pretty pictures on Instagram and, you know, the usual stuff. 
Yeah, exactly. Arguing uh, with myself everywhere you go. There you go. And that's just not a, you know, uh, a fun turn of phrase. It is actually what you go by. Uh, so go search yeah. arguing with myself uh, on all the different socials. Uh, yep. And obviously uh, your backed archive stuff at uh, pineacomics.com as well. Yep. Uh, so you are a delight, sir. Thank you for coming back. How many is this for you uh, now? Are you in the uh, five? I don't, or I don't know if I'm in the five timers club. I feel like that might track. So you got the king. Was that the first one or was uh, Red uh, Sea Diving Resort? Red, Red so Sea Diving was, Resort. So we got those two. We those got two. this and Sergio. Sergio. Is so, that the only I four? Need one more. Uh, I need one more. Damn uh, it. Can't be part no, of the club then. Untrue. You're in the animation episode. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah, for Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you're a five-timer, buddy. Five-timer. Yeah. Woo. He's got I the get thumb, everybody. Badge. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now I have to make that badge. Huh. Yeah. And the gold jacket. I'm sending it to you in the mail. Ooh, uh, you know, nice. got to do it all there. So uh, I appreciate you coming on as always. Uh, Shane, come back anytime, man. Uh, you have a great show. I hope people check it out. Thank you. And, and uh, thank you guys. That's, that's good to hear, man. Uh, this was a walking boner of action films, and I appreciate it. <laughs>